Because uh, everybody's concerned, especially with the pandemic, is all about that. Yeah. How, how do we sustain? How do we remain afloat? You know, financially. I think so too. And like the, at least on my end, when I think of saving, it's a little bit less sexy than learning how to make my own way and make my Basically. own business. Yeah. And always, like, even when I've been growing up, uh, my parent, my father was always like, save, 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 save. And then after reading so many books, I was like, no, make more money. You will <laughs> save, but your focus is to make more money. It's not to save, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What like, is you great. will save. That doesn't mean you spend all your money. You are saving, but that's like automatic. But the focus has to be on making money, not saving. Oh, man. Yeah. So many. Yeah, there, there's more to dig into over there as well, but yeah. I, I think I think I think I have plenty I to introduce should, we, you and let's we just get start, started. Yeah. Yeah? yeah, yeah, let's do this. It's, it's getting it's I'm getting already hotter. in flow over here. Yeah, <laughs> so ready. <laughs> let's do it. All right, welcome to back to the Great Day Guy podcast. Uh, we are back with the season of wealth, and I'm I'm really excited to introduce our next guest. Uh, she just recently became a restaurant owner. She runs an online cooking school. But the thing is, she graduated from working at a Michelin star rest restaurant. She was a t in Top Chef Greece, a competitor, and she's a CAA graduate, uh, among many, many other accolades. Uh, this is someone who has gone through one of the hardest industries, I think, to succeed in and has found a way to turn that into uh, an amazing success. Um, so, Chef Alexia, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Nice to see you again. Last time we talked about cooking, but I'm very excited to talk about business today. Yeah, I, you're like the perfect person to have this conversation with. And I, I think starting off, like, how, how did you, how do you do this? What is your story? Like, how do you go from like, arguably the hardest career to start off in working as a cook, working as a chef, to coming to a place of such financial success and kind of carving your way as an entrepreneur? Well, first of all, um, when I was very young, I decided, I think I was 10 years old, I decided I wanted to have my own business. Um, and then when I went to culinary school, it clicked to me, this is the business I want to be in. I want to be in restaurants and I want to open restaurants and I want to open multiple restaurants, not just one. So I said to myself, okay, what is the next step after I graduate culinary school? What is it that I have to do? First, I have to become an amazing chef. Plus, I was very passionate already with it. Secondly, I always wanted to have my own cooking show. And I said, you know what? The cooking show is going to promote my businesses while I'm enjoying myself teaching other people how to cook. So smart. <laughs> it's like a perfect synergy. Uh, and then thirdly, I need to learn how to run a restaurant, how to be uh, an owner, a manager and all these things. So after the CIA and after spending a lot of time in the industry, I went to Florida International University here in Miami. I'm in Miami now. And I went to uh, hospitality management focused in restaurants. While I was doing that, I also learned how to do everything inside a restaurant, starting from bus, a food runner, uh, being a server, being a floor manager, being a general manager. Um, and I also had, so I was going to school doing that and also had a job in a Michelin star uh, restaurant. I'm sorry, not Michelin, but it was um, molecular gastronomy, one of the hottest trends back in the day. It's still hot, but back then it was when it first came out. So I could continue learning as a chef. Mm. So my whole mission was like, okay, now that I learned how to do everything uh, at that age, I was like, I've never been an executive chef. So I got a position as an executive chef. Uh, immediately the first year we got the best Greek restaurant. 
So then I was like, okay, I think I got everything I need. I have my education. I've become an executive chef. I'm ready to open a restaurant. And that's when the recession was happening in the United States. It was 2008. Mm, and I talked with my dad and my dad was like, oh, come to Greece. Everything is fine here. And it was. When I got there, everything was fine. I find a location. I opened my first restaurant. I'm very excited. I put all my passion, my chef passion. And I was like, I got this going on. I opened up and within one month, the recession started in Greece. Uh, oh. So here's when I was like, Alex, because that's how I call myself. You're not a chef anymore. You're a business owner. What are you going to do? Because, you know, most chefs, we open restaurants because we cook very well. Mm -hmm. But then we never studied the subject of business. And even though I went to school and I thought I was ready at that moment, I was like, you have to turn into a business owner. What are you going to do? So what I did is I took the sign down and I put another sign up and I put a very low ticket uh, Greek street food. And I said, you guys want Greek street food in a very low price? I'm going to do the best one. And indeed, we became one of the best restaurants in my area. And through the recession, I was able to grow to three locations within three years, plus wow. a commissary kitchen that was providing not only my restaurants, but I had to make that profitable as well. So I started selling in other locations that had similar food like me. Uh, the, the products that I was producing. So we had four successful businesses for four years, four or five years. You want to... <laughs> yeah, I have, I, have a, I have a question. You're <laughs> ready. Okay, so I'm going to yeah, stop yeah. there. That's like my uh, my trip up to like uh, 30 years old. <laughs> so that's... Oh, all of this was up to 30. Holy yeah. crap. Wow. <laughs> okay, so I, I think I'm seeing a few different things here. And the first was... One, getting really solid in your foundations, graduating from CAA, not 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 a small task. Getting like going into molecular gastronomy, becoming mm -hmm. an executive chef, all really like, really just like condensing and solidifying your base of knowledge and becoming the expert. That's right. But I'm, I'm seeing in addition to that, um, you also built up the reputation of an expert. So not only do you have the skills, people know you as the expert. There are multiple mm -hmm. milestones where you this this person knows what the hell she's doing. Mm -hmm. But so that that was the foundation for launching into your business. And I think fundamentally, a lot of people might start off with the skill thing, but they get they don't do the reputation thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, like, how did how did you know how to do how to do that? And how did you know to do that? Well, first of all, I read a lot. I love reading. Um, and especially back in the day when the cell phones was not all up in our face, I would read a lot of books, more <laughs> books than audiobooks. And I was always focusing on self-development. And one of the things he was saying was networking. And innately, um, I'm, I'm an, um, how do you call that? I'm not an extrovert. I'm an estrofis. How do you say that in English? I forget. Oh, uh, an introvert? introvert. Yeah. Yes, there you go. I'm an introvert. But I said to myself, if this is what you want to do, you have to learn how to network. So one of my biggest things, while I had my cooking job and my uh, front of the house job and going to school, Oh. was focusing on the activities of the university. So I was a member of the culinary team and we won a lot of competitions together. And by myself, uh, I was part of anything they were doing. I was there, I was the first volunteer to go. Mm. So that gave me a lot of network and also competitions and scholarships, um, you know, impressed everybody because I was really doing great in those as well. So I, I think I, the, the short answer is I read that networking is great. And I said, what do you have to do? And plus, I'm a very active person and I really like to help. So it was just great to volunteer for all those events and competitions. Wow. Wow. That's that's wild. And you say that so casually, too. It's like, oh, I just 
I decided to become great at networking, and I, I think I know firsthand that that is actually just, that is not simple, especially coming from being an introvert. Um, it's amazing that you got to the heights that you did, making the transitions that you did. Thank you. Yeah. I think I think a university or an environment that everybody has the same interests really helped in being able to um, branch out and just meet a lot of people. Like I knew all the restaurants in Miami, um, and I would just open up and just start talking about my passion. And just worked mm. out. <laughs> mm. That's beautiful, and I. I think maybe that naturally leads me to a another question that came up as you were speaking, which is now we're fast forwarding. We moved from the United States to Greece. It's 2008. The recession hit and you were like, OK, I got to pivot this business. This is not working. How did you how did you decide on making a low cost street food item out of out of the infinite array of food that you could have chosen? Uh, this is what happened. I went right outside my restaurant. I was actually in a very central location. Um, I, I was in a roundabout in Greece that you go roundabout. And it was full of uh, different restaurants, ice cream shops, co coffee shops and stuff like that. And I went and I sat right outside my restaurant and I noticed who's passing by. Mm. And I was like, will this person eat uh, ribs? Because that was the first concept. I had different types of ribs. And I was like, no, 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 yes, no. No. So most of my, the people that were passing by, I was like, this is not the concept. It was a new concept in Greece. It was American cuisine. And what Greek people love is actually to have uh, Greek street food. So I said, this is what I need to do. I just needed to see who was my audience and decide what would they like. And as a chef, thankfully, I'm so curious that I know so many different cuisines. But the Greek one, obviously, is my mother, my mother cuisine. And I said, you know what? You guys want Greek street food because it was also a low price and we were in a recession. I'm going to give you the best Greek street food you ever seen. And that's what I did. Mm. And we even did weddings. We did baptisms. I was so proud <laughs> because the ambience of inside the restaurant, it was still very elegant the way that ribs was. So this was like a whole new concept, having street food, but in a very elegant environment that nobody had. And it became a trend right after we opened. Like, I think after seven months, you will see new ones starting to open up that they were elegant and they were serving the Greek street food. This is so interesting because I, at least from what I'm looking at it, it seems as though your attitude towards this, your mentality towards this is what turned this into a, a huge success. I think that if I were to put myself in that situation, it would be really easy for me to get like depressed and like, oh no, this is a failure. Like maybe I'll start running oh. ads. But you, you took this and you were like, <laughs> I'm going to do my market research. I'm going to just stand outside of this restaurant and look to see who comes by. I'm going to keep the interior and I'm going to continue along that. And it, in the end, the fact that it was a failed rib restaurant ended up becoming like kind of the special secret sauce of it. It's an elegant place where you can get affordable, delicious street yeah. food. <laughs> you know, Rob, I, I did cry a lot before I made that decision. First of all, I remember the night before we opened, my father, he, he was seeing the failure coming. Mm. And he was like, you should sell it today. I'm like, Dad, I haven't even opened it first day. Mm. I'm not ready. I want to try it. And I did try for three to six months, but... I saw it wasn't working. And then you're either going to lose a restaurant and uh, basically have to pay, uh, you know, your loan with a salary, which, and I was like, mathematically, I cannot do that. In Greece, the minimum salary is like, uh, 
even if you're a great chef, you will be like 1200 euro. And my only my loan was like 1200. So I was like, this is not going to work out. So I need a business to be able to pay my loan. So what do I do with the business I already have? What I have to do. So I just sat there and I sat and I said, what am I going to do? It wasn't like I'm done. I, there's nothing more to do. But the question is, what do I need to do to make this successful? And I started spinning and I started talking to people and a lot of people told me you're crazy, just sell it. And I did put it on the market and people came with one fifth of the money that I invested. Mm. And I was like, no, I'm not giving it. I spend way too much money. I got something good. I just got to change my attitude and figure it out. That's amazing. And I think in the moment, it's so from at least from my end of it, it's so difficult to choose to stick with it and choose to fight and choose it to is. shift the mentality when it's like, ah, oh, I've just Especially been defeated. When the whole surrounding, everybody, every single person, I cannot say one person was like, you can do this. Every single person was like, sell it, get out of it. Uh, oh, it's so sorry, it's the recession. Don't worry about it, it's not your fault. And I was like, no, that's not the question. The question I'm asking, how do I make it happen? And, and funny story on the second restaurant, I was like, how do I make it happen without using my own money? Mm. And I remember having a conversation with my friend and my best friend. And she was like, you can't do that. I was like, that was not the question. The question is, how do I do it? And we went <laughs> back and forth three, four times. You cannot do it. No, the, uh, the question is how. And then after I asked the fourth time, she was like, oh, OK, I get it. You want to know how? OK, let's think about it. And we thought about it. And also, I, I believe in manifesting. Uh, I mean, it just happens. And, um, somebody came a month later and they gave me their keys and they said, pay me in one year. Wow. And I was like, this is how you do it. You know, I posed the question and I didn't really get an answer that day, but eventually somebody came and gave me their keys. They're like, I see your restaurant is busy. I don't know what I'm doing. I want to get out of the restaurant, take my restaurant and pay me in one year. And that's how you got a second restaurant. With <laughs> <laughs> a... no money down. Mm -hmm. I, I want to check in here because uh, I think so much of what, what I talk about here is around mindset because I think that is like, that's the baseline. That's I, I create my own reality and the mindset that I have defines Absolutely. my reality. And and what I'm assuming, and I'm not sure, let me know if this is true, is that your baseline assumption, your mindset then was, I can make this work. I will make this work. I just need to find the way to make this happen. Mm -hmm. That was the mindset. I didn't have a choice. The choice was like, uh, figure it out. That was the choice. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Okay. And so what, what happened after that? Like, so you, now you have four restaurants, you've started this mm -hmm. successful chain. Where did you, where did you mm -hmm. take that? I'm going to tell you what happened. Uh, Greece, after a few years, started increasing the taxes. And by the way, taxes in Greece are included in the price of the product. It's not additional. If here in, in the US, uh, we get $1, then you pay 107 the tax, right? So, but the store will label $1, and on the checkout, you pay 107 In Greece, if it's $1, you got to pay $1, 1 euro. Uh, so what happened was the street food has kind of a market price, right? So you cannot be the only one increasing your price because then people will not come to your location. They will go somewhere else. Uh, and then they took taxes from 6% to 8% to 13%. Ooh. And I was like, you know what? This is not making money anymore. It doesn't make sense for me to be here. And at the same time, I received a phone call from the United States. Somebody was opening a restaurant and they were looking for a chef. And my name uh, was brought up because of the uh, awards that I had uh, previously. Uh, so I said to myself, you know what? 
Uh, and also there was an issue with my partner. So I said, this is the best time for me to, somebody uh, offered to buy my percent. So I was like, take my percent, I'm out, and I'm going back to the US as a chef until I figure out what I want to do. Mm. Wow. So already we're kind of seeing your previous work establishing your reputation beginning to pay dividends, like you're getting offers mm -hmm. just brought to you on a platter. <laughs> Five years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And even now, the way that I got the restaurant now, it was through my reputation that I built the first year that I came back. Mm. So I'm, I'm really seeing that you've this this formula that you've created for yourself allows you to play the game in a way where you have a lot of leverage, you have a lot of opportunities brought to you. You don't have to really fight as hard because you fought really hard for it in the beginning. I wouldn't say I fought really hard. I, I would say I enjoy what I was doing very much and I just wanted to be really great at what I did. Mm. Uh, today, actually, I was discussing uh, with one of the cooks downstairs. I said, um, one of the things that made me successful in competitions was that I always paid attention to what I was doing and I never looked around to see what the other people would do. Mm. The one time that I broke the rule and I looked, what, are they, what is everybody else making? This is the time that I was not, I was always a winner, one or the first or the second. The one time that I looked, I wasn't even in the bottom, in the, in the top three. Wow. I lost. Mm. You know, I was, I was, I didn't succeed because I looked around to see what other people are doing. Therefore, I was influenced by what they were doing. I did not create my own dish. It wasn't divine. It didn't come to me and I created it. I pay, uh, you know, uh, so when, when you focus on yourself, everybody else is observing. So that that's, uh, has been my whole thing in my career. I always focus on just what I do to do it really great because it brings me pleasure to do it. And everybody is observing. This is really cool. And over here, it kind of lands like what you're talking about in my terms is self-expression where mm you're doing the thing that feels really good for you. It's true for you. It's a way for you to express what's inside of you, how you, how much you love food, how much you care about your culture and that comes out. But the minute that you take your attention away from how am I channeling my self-expression to how do I keep up with someone else? How do I see what they're doing? And then all of a sudden success falls away because you're not being authentic to you. Is that how it feels for you? I think basically you you have 24 hours. You're either going to focus on yourself or you're going to focus what other people are doing. And that could be through gossiping or it could be through um, through just checking Instagram all day or looking at magazines or checking on TV. So just focus on yourself because like you said, we create our own reality. And the truth is, it's not we create our own reality. We live in our own reality. You know, we're living every single day. So right now I'm looking at Rob. This is the reality. Uh, so... I should focus here. I shouldn't focus on the guy speaking downstairs in the restaurant that you could hear. <laughs> right? And if that's being taken care of, I know it's going to be taken care of. I need to focus here. So I think in general, when we focus on ourselves, first of all, we could also, what I do, okay, there's, uh, you guys know of Pythagora, Pythagoras. He's an ancient Greek philosopher. Mm. Uh, the Pythagorean theorem. Got created, it. Okay, so he also uh, wrote a lot of books. He's a philosopher, and in one of his books, he uh, uh, talked about how we should take account at the end of the day of what we have done great, 
uh, and what we could do better, what was our mistakes and what can we do better tomorrow? And this is something I've been doing for years. Before I go to bed, I'm like, what did I do great today? What did I do wrong? And how can I be better tomorrow? How can I improve my mistakes? Or what is it that I want to do tomorrow? And just by taking account every night, every night there's something for me to improve. And it's positive feedback. It's not negative talking. It's like, okay, we didn't do this. You didn't speak properly to this person today when you were um, reprimanding them at the restaurant. Tomorrow, this is the way that you should handle it just so I could feel good and make sure that they feel all right as well. So I think just by reviewing ourselves, we could become really better. And it's not, uh, you know, in the restaurants, there's a lot of gossiping and people will always say, Alexia, somebody said this for you. I say, I don't want to know what they said. I already know what is happening and this is all gossip. So instead of all of us focusing on each other, we got to focus what is the goal and make sure that we bring our best self. So everybody focus on themselves. Uh, so for sure, that has been a, a winning situation in my life, I think. I feel good. Mm. Wow. I'm, okay, so I'm hearing a combination of things. One is that there is a focus on you, your self-expression. There is a focus on what you did well and what you didn't do well at the end of the day. And then you make plans to adjust according to what mm -hmm. happened there. Um and I like this approach. I, I, it's something that I do something similar, although I don't take stock at the end of the day. I notice when I have something that blew up in my face and I think, okay, well, how can I be responsible for this? And I notice with that approach, and I'm curious if you've noticed the same thing, that if I take it on like that, it's almost like I can't make mistakes. Either I will get what I want or I'm going to build towards the thing that I want. And I'm going to get it eventually. But as long as I stop and take stock and I course correct just a little bit, is this in alignment with who I want to be? Then I'm going to get where I need to get to go. I think you say a very important word. The word was responsibility. Mm. Because most of us, we focus, oh, he did this to me. That's why I behave like that. Or that happened to me. The recession came. Oh, look what happened to me. And um, I think when you say, okay, the recession happened, what do I do? The coronavirus happened, what do I do? Um, I misbehaved today. Uh, somebody was rude to me. Why were they rude to me? Because I was rude to them. Mm. So I need to improve my attitude. But the moment that I show respect, I know also my boundary, that if you don't show respect, then I have something that I could discuss. Uh, because before, uh, why I'm bringing the respect? Because before in the restaurant, that's the way I learned in the kitchens, you are rude. And then I saw that everybody was talking back and I was like, I don't like that. How dare they talk to the chef this way? And then I, I, one night I was like, the way, the reason why they talk to you that way is because you're being rude to them. You don't show respect. So how do you expect them to show respect? Or when they don't respect you, why do you get mad? You were rude to begin with. So I had to change my attitude. And the moment that I changed my attitude, not only everybody was happy, but we finally became a team and everybody was going towards the right direction because everybody was polite to each other. Mm. You know, but I had to change. The days that I was mad, everybody was mad. The days I was happy, everybody was happy. And we're talking about 40 people in one shift in a busy restaurant. Like if, if that's the secret that I gotta be happy, here it goes, I'm happy. If I have to show respect <laughs> to your respect, I'll, get, I'll take the responsibility. It's so crazy how you're, you're describing something that I've seen in my coaching practice as well. Like, mm. it's like the people that I'm in contact with, and I'm hearing you describe this too, they, they take on my emotional state, they take on my limitations, they take on the things that I'm really good at, and they fail where I fail. 
And if I'm really invested in my team succeeding, I, I need to be responsible. Otherwise, they're going to be stuck with my flaws. Absolutely. And I think everybody naturally, they go back into the, um, the way that they were. Right. So, so I was even telling at the restaurant, if, if you're an owner and you don't hold the standard of cleanliness of, of, of proper, um, how do you say, uh, customer service of, of, uh, quality of the food, how do you expect your employees will do that? You have to be the example. You have to show the importance and you have to convince them. And whoever is not on board with it, if you spend the time to teach them how to do it and they don't want to do it, they don't belong in your team because you're only as great as your weakest employee. Also, what happens when you keep weak employees, we're going in another subject, but it's similar. When you keep weak employees, everybody's example is, how can I be the worst like this person? How can I do less like this person? But if you keep A plus, and also you're making like great people to become lazy. And I noticed that because I noticed that to myself. I, I, you know, when I was younger, yes, I had a standard, but if I saw everybody was, wasn't paying attention, why would I? Eventually, I had to talk to myself and say, I don't like this because I like to be great. So let's focus and don't worry what other people are doing. But in the beginning, I noticed that I was falling back to the worst uh, person. Mm. You know, so then I remember that. And when I became a manager and owner, I was like, I cannot keep weak people. My focus has to be on great employees, empowering them, teaching them to be better. And then whoever is weak and doesn't want to uh, become great, they could get out. That's it. They don't belong in my team. I imagine that that was... I mean, if I put myself in that situation, I could imagine myself having a hard time making that call. Like, but maybe I'm curious if like what had you, was it difficult for you uh, or if it, yeah, no, so many questions. Yeah. Mm, I think it wasn't because first of all, uh, like I said, when I go to take account, I want to be proud. So the days that I didn't work hard enough or I didn't clean better or I wasn't fast enough or I threw away too much food, if we give it to the example of restaurants, I wasn't proud of that. And I knew I wasn't and I knew it was a mistake. So all of us have this little voice inside of us. It's called instinct. It's called the second, third the character we have. We always know when we're doing something wrong. Somebody tells us in our head. Now we could listen to it or we could ignore it. The great thing is when you... Uh, listen to it he eventually stops talking so if he says this is wrong and you're like you're right i'm not gonna do it eventually you become friends if he says this is wrong and you keep doing it then he always comes back and it's not a friendly voice anymore it becomes very aggressive you know this is wrong and it becomes like a gut feeling that is really bad in the stomach and all these things eventually become diseases inside of our bodies <laughs> you know so it's like I, I, at the end of the night i knew if i did something right or wrong and I didn't want to live my life like that. Just do the right thing and feel great because I want to be happy. Mm. And I'm responsible for my own happiness. Mm. So do the right thing. <laughs> let, me, let me see if I understand. Is it a sense that like a lot of your practice and the way that you take on business and entrepreneurship is built around making sure that you're happy so that you can bring that out to your team so that you can be aligned with your word and what's important to you. And yeah. it builds out from there. Like it's all designed to support that happiness. Yes. Um, and it's following my ethics and the principles I have in my own life. Uh, and I do bring it in the restaurant and it has to do with uh, being virtuous. 
Um, and actually, I hadn't even read about that up until last year, about the different virtues that the Greek philosophers say that we should uh, lead our life with. But I noticed uh, just from my own uh, philosophical thoughts as a, as a teenager and throughout my life and always taking count at the end of the days, I come up with a lot of conclusions that eventually I read in Greek philosophy uh, that was very interesting and other philosophy even um, from different type of people. So yes, uh, I do bring those lessons in my uh, everyday business life for sure. And I try to lead people uh, the same way and teach them what is the right thing to do. Because, mm. uh, for example, a steak could fall on the floor and it's on you if you're going to put it on the plate and send it out to the customer or you're going to throw it away and make another one. And the customer wouldn't know. They will never find out. But you will know. So what is your decision? Mm. Yeah. This is so interesting that we got here. And I, I love that we did because um, <laughs> it's like it's I think it's easy, to, at least for me, to get lost in the technicalities of setting up a business like, oh, what kind of permit do I need? Like mm -hmm. what was a competitive rate? But as I talk with more and more successful people, the answer usually seems to come back to like, hey, what do I believe in? And am I living out that belief? Like what's important to me? Am I doing that? And if I'm not. If I'm not operating in a way that makes me happy, that makes me feel good at the end of the day, then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do a good job at what I'm up to, and then my business is not going to succeed. Mm -hmm. Is that similar to what you've experienced as well? Um, yes, I definitely like the technical things with permits and stuff like that. That's something you figure out when it's time to do it. You gotta do A, B, C. So you just do A, B, C, and you open your business, right? Uh, with with the permit or opening a business. Um, and you have to be happy, but I will also say, I want to bring another perspective to this. I was very happy with Reeves and it didn't succeed or did it <laughs> mm. because like you said, I had the perfect ambience and I switched it up and became even more successful, uh, just by changing the food. So sometimes, uh, we will hit obstacles and I'm, I'm not sure if you read the book, but I feel like I should quote it from, uh, I don't remember his name, but the last name is holiday and obstacle is the way this is the book I read last year. And I was like, this is perfect for coronavirus. Obstacle is the way, <laughs> um, uh, but with every obstacle, there's a reason why it happened and we figured it out later on. So even me leaving Greece after I had four businesses, uh, and I thought it was an obstacle. It has become even better because I actually came back and I learned how to run 50 restaurants and I wanted to have a chain of restaurants. So that was exactly what I needed because with the four, I didn't sleep. I didn't see my friends. I didn't have a boyfriend. And uh, basically every time you talk to me, I was possibly falling asleep. <laughs> every time I sat in a couch or in a car, I was falling asleep. I was exhausted. I didn't know how to run a business properly that it would be automatic. So I needed to sell it. I needed to come here. I needed to get frustrated as a chef that I, I was working 120 hours to say, I don't want to be in the kitchen anymore. I want to run restaurants to go and find a job as a general manager to say that if you don't discipline yourself, you're gonna remain a general manager for the rest of your life. You gotta step up and you gotta discipline and you gotta be responsible and you gotta make the, you gotta do the things you don't like to go to the next level. And the moment you jump the level, everything's easy. And then it gets hard again. And then you gotta jump the level. Mm. So I had to come here and I'm here for this reason. 
What do you think the the biggest lesson you learned was the last time that you jumped levels? Because like you keep on, you,、mm. yeah, like your growth is exponential, and it's cool seeing how it's progressed. Because we we see that like oh, at first competitions, then Michelin star restaurant, then like now you own restaurants, now it's a chain of restaurants, now it's fifty restaurants, and you consult. What was the yeah? What do you think the biggest lesson you learned was for the, that last transition? What helped you break through? I think I'm actually in the breakthrough phase right now because I am in a difficult. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel it. I feel it. I'm almost there, but it's difficult, and I'm trying to figure it out. What is the next thing I gotta do in my mindset, in my move, so I could go to the next level? Because with coronavirus, I was hit with another challenge, right?、Yeah. Like everybody.、Uh, but the funny thing is, because I had the experience with the recession in Greece. The the aspect of restaurants in a recession didn't scare me. I was very very calm.、Mm. So I was like, I got this. But I wanted to go and do an online business, the online cooking school, and I had no idea how to do it. So the last year, I dedicated basically from March to October on learning. Fail forward, and I believe that's a book. I kept failing. I kept doing webinars, not successfully. I did one ad. I, I I learned. I tweaked it. I did a second ad. It did better, but still failed. Then I did a third one, a fourth one. Then I、uh, I paired with somebody. Then I got a coach. Whatever it was, I kept trying. And one of my mom's friend one time said, "This poor girl. She always tries, and there's all these difficulties." And I said, "Mom, please tell your friend, which I really love." Tara, that's a reason. The reason I will succeed is succeed is I am successful is because I keep trying, and、mm. not trying. I keep doing things and I keep failing. I'm failing forward. I'm not just stagnant somewhere, unhappy, or or like I just keep moving. I said, what do you want to do? What will make you happy? How do we get there? Is it an online business? I'm still working on that. I'm not perfect on the online business, but I'll tell you what. Just by creating consistent content the past two years, this is the way my friend from seven years ago called me and he said, "Hey, I know that you've done all these things all these years because I've been watching you. Would you like to come and partner with me and、wow. do some consulting?" And then not only him, I had another six, seven, eight offers the past、uh, two months. And I'm choosing and picking who I want to work with. And I said I want to work under these circumstances. And I said a lot of no's, and I said some yeses.、Mm. But it all happened from consistency, from failing forward. And there were days that I was like, nobody's watching. But guess what? People were watching. Yeah. Wow. That's remarkable. And it's cool seeing all the pieces line up and connect to each other. Like, hey, I had experience from、uh, working in a recession from 2008. So that. That's perfectly fine. Coronavirus is not as scary, and I'm just going to continue to work because I know that if I continue to work, I'm going to succeed. And that, oh, all of a sudden, here are opportunities. And okay, so this is this is awesome. I, I really love that you shared that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I, I was going to ask you what the most important part of making that jump from salary to entrepreneur is,、mm-hmm. but I kind of have the feeling that you're telling me like that that this is this is kind of the secret sauce. So. Maybe the question is, like, how do you keep those failures from bogging you down? Because as you're doing this, I get the sense that you're having a really good time, and、mm-hmm. yeah, like, how do you how do you keep that from becoming something that stops you, as opposed to just being the thing that you、mm. love and enjoy doing? I'll tell you what. First of all, I'm very stubborn. 
second of all, I know there's always a solution. So it's on me to figure it out. Do I get sad? Yes, I might stop for a couple of days. But then the second day, I'm like, okay, what are you going to do about it? How are we going to make this happen? And it's asking the right questions. Actually, yesterday I posted, uh, say this and don't say that to yourself. And one of the things was, how do I make it happen? What do I need to do? Who do I need to become to make this work? Mm. If I really want this. Okay, do I want to become this person? Maybe I don't want to become this person. But uh, for me, um, I do want to become that person so I could be doing this thing. I, I needed to be more respectful. I became more respectful and I'm living a better life because of it. You know, so also, um, I think, yeah, that will answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Let, let me let me see if I understand, because this, mm -hmm. this is something I grapple with. And so I think understanding would be helpful. But is it a sense then that you're looking to, you're looking for the next step? Who do mm -hmm. I need to become in order to, to reach that next step? And mm -hmm. will I be happy becoming that person? Mm -hmm. And as long as you keep your eye on that, as long as you keep your eye on what's available and the fact that I will eventually find the answer, you're kind yes. of able to keep your head afloat, like above water. That's right. And Rob, I'm not going to say that I'm always happy because there is days and I want to emphasize on that because everybody thinks they're alone when it's those dark nights crying and trying to figure it out. And you're like, why me? But the question is, Sometimes I caught myself one time saying, why me? And I said, because let's talk about it. Why you? And it's not why you, because it didn't happen to you. Okay. Mm. It's a situation that happened. So what are you going to learn and how are we going to move forward? But yeah, sometimes you, you cry because you're like, I've been trying so hard. Why it hasn't happened yet? Then what do I have to do? But by asking those questions, the answers will come either to your head, through a friend, through, through the universe. God will give you an answer. Why you are asking these questions? You know, the answer, every problem, comes in a ball and it has a solution built in it and it's all in here we all know the answer we just got to ask the right questions so ask yourself okay what did you learn how do we move forward how do i get more followers how do i get more subscribers how do i sell this course it's not like i did the webinar it didn't work i, I didn't stop there i was like okay i give up i was like okay that didn't work uh what do i need to improve my presentation let me run some ads let me uh, change the pricing let me do this let me do that and one of them is gonna work hmm. <laughs> what I, do i have to do in the meantime yeah. just cry i gotta do something about it you know yeah i i think what i admire the most here is this ironclad belief that no matter what happens it's it is going to work as long as i continue to try and it's i think possible. that's critical yeah that's that's amazing um, and I'll tell you why it's possible, because other people have done it. So mm. why not me? Mm. Mm. I could figure it out. So you always have to look at people that have done it. What do you say? Look how oh, did go, they uh, do it? The mm. question is, how did they do it? That's brilliant. Yeah. I, I run. I want to I want to support this, too. And like I run into this in dating all the time where it's like people are like, no one will ever love me for who I am. And it's like that belief is killing you, dude. Like it's it's stopping you from this entire avenue where you could become the person where people are like, naturally, this person is amazing. I'm drawn to them. I want to date them. I want to marry them. But like in shutting down that possibility, it becomes impossible. Like and so now you're in a box. Now you really will be someone that people don't like naturally because mm. that belief <laughs> and it, it's like poison. 
And so I, I love that you're bringing that up now. Like this is fundamental to improvement and getting what we want. Yes, and I say uh, with the servers, sometimes I have a conversation, they will see a customer and profile them because they had a bad experience with a similar person. And they will say, oh, this person will not leave me a tip mm. because of X, Y, Z reason. And immediately I have to stop them and ask them another question. And the question is, if you provided excellent service, instead of having this attitude, because with this attitude, you're definitely not going to make any money <laughs> because you're already going there saying that this person is not going to give you a tip. Therefore, you're not going to provide an, ex an excellent customer service. So you will not, and you will validate your assumption. How about today you go and you provide extraordinary service, and even if they don't leave you a tip today, you keep doing it because you never know if today this person didn't have an extra dollar to give you, but tomorrow they decide to come with a friend and they do have extra money and they will give you the money. How about you think that they will? How about you be your best version? And most often they will come back and they will say, you were right. They left me a great tip because <laughs> you provided great service. Mm. Yeah, be, that's self-fulfilling prophecy. Be authentically you. And only by being you, that makes you attractive. Is that correct? By pretending to be somebody people, want, uh, people you think are going to like, that doesn't mean they're going to like you. This is your assumption, which could be false. And most often it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's surprisingly, that's like kind of the core of it, right? Like... It's easy to get lost in, I need to be more confident, more loud, more social. I need to hold better eye contact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's all unlearning in terms of dating and relationships. And I imagine this maps out to any kind of human connection. Absolutely, so, yeah, because if you want to be a leader, uh, especially a leader, you've got to be confident in your abilities and what you're saying. Otherwise, nobody will believe you. you got to know from within that this is the truth. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is this is good because I've, I've been toying with the theory for a long time that confidence is actually just kind of an illusion. And what's actually there is, do I know what's important to me and am I willing to talk about it? Because if I do know, then I'm 100 percent certain that that's true. That's true for me. I will be confident about it. But um, mm -hmm. go, yeah, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. After you. No, no. <laughs> I completely agree with that. And I want to tell you how you get confidence. By knowing more. Mm. by studying more, by learning more. So when you spend more time educating yourself in a specific subject, whatever it is, you are confident. Because like you said, it's, you know the truth because you've done your due diligence and you have uh, uh, attacked every single angle of that specific topic, whatever the topic is, that you are certain about your opinion. Mm. And that makes you confident. Yeah. Confidence. Yeah, it makes you confident, gives you confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, I know that we're getting close to time here. So I want to provide some space too. if people want to get involved with you, they want to play the game that you're playing, or they just want to connect with you. What, what's the best way for them to interface with you? So I love uh, Instagram. I am there at Chef Alexia. I'm there on the same name is for Facebook for YouTube. And just to conclude on what we're doing today, because I know my, uh, my name is Chef Alexia. That means that I do provide cooking videos, but also my main focus right now is just running restaurants and consulting and partnering with restaurants to bring them to succeed, make more profits, stress-free. That's the most important thing. Mm. That's beautiful. 
I can't think of a restaurant that I've visited that wasn't like kind of frenetic in the background that was worried about like, oh, are we going to make it? Um, so mm. providing that to people, I imagine is going to be really valuable. So thank you for that. My pleasure. And just remember, the question is, it's not stating the fact I'm not going to make it or the question is, how do I make it? And the answers will come. Just keep asking yourself and know that there is an answer and you know better than anybody how are you going to make that happen? And usually when I consult, I ask questions. I don't give answers. I ask questions to make the people think. So the moment that I leave, they could still have questions to ask themselves. Mm, brilliant. Wow. I got a lot of value out of this talk. I'm glad that we <laughs> took time to have this conversation. Thank you, Robin. I really love your questions. They, they make me think. Perfect. That's perfect. That means I'm doing my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, and if you're listening right now, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Um, I hope that you got something amazing out of this. It would be really, I think it would be really difficult not to. Um, and if you did get something out of this, feel free to subscribe to this podcast and you can catch us next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time.